Hello and welcome everybody to episode number 43 of Three Things with JR. We are into season two, into 2021, and we are now in February. I'm actually recording this on January 31st, but you will be hearing it in February. This one will drop Tuesday morning, and we're going to try to get back on schedule. I was away all last week skiing at Snowshoe Resort in West Virginia, and anybody curious about how seriously they're taking COVID at Snowshoe, West Virginia, rest assured they're taking it very seriously. When you are on the slopes, you're good. When you are not in a lift line, you're good. But if you are anywhere near a lift line, meaning crowds of people, they are very strict about wearing those masks. Uh, they also qualify it, uh, masks with holes in them, you know, breathing holes. Uh, some people have ski masks with breathing holes in them. Those don't count as masks. They are they're very cool about how they handle it. Uh, there are times when the lifties, the guys operating the, uh, the chairlifts will have to break bad on somebody and yell at them. And, and, uh, especially if it's a second or third warning, if, if they sees the same person coming through the line without wearing their mask or wearing it appropriately, then they will definitely break bad on you. They'll threaten to kick you out. They'll take your lift ticket, etc. But for the most part, they handle it in such a cool way. The lifties, Instead of yelling at everybody to bring up their masks or put it above, the, the, the biggest thing they have to worry about is people, everybody has a mask on, but they don't all have it up over their nose. And the lifties, the, the best lifties spend their time thanking people for wearing their masks and wearing it correctly. Like they're really handling it in the most positive way possible. They are not looking to yell at people. They are looking to compliment the people that are doing it right. They even went as far as to call them heroes because without the majority of everybody uh, skiing at Snowshoe wearing their masks when required, they wouldn't be allowed to be open. And so they, uh, they actually do a really good job of making sure that happens. We were up there for a week. We did not spend any time in restaurants or stores or anything like that. The day we left, we did stop into the Starbucks, but they were adamant about there only being one-way traffic through the Starbucks. Even though Kiki and I walked in together and we are together, they would not let us stand together in the Starbucks. We had to separate by six feet. And they were just extremely diligent about it because they get it. The only way they can stay open and that we can enjoy skiing this winter is for them to be that way. And I just love it. I've also heard recently that West Virginia is leading the charge with successful uh, dispersion, dis, uh, you know, getting the vaccine out. They're doing it better than most other states. Come on. West Virginia is leading the charge right now. Go West Virginia. That's awesome. Anybody curious about an update on my dad? Uh, if you listen to this show, you know that, uh, my dad did come down with the COVID back in November. Uh, I've been out to Iowa twice. I have been back now for about a month, almost a month. And 
I have spoken with that on the phone almost every day. Didn't speak to him much while we were skiing, uh, but I did talk to him Friday night when we got home from skiing, and I got to tell you, Dad sounds like Dad again. It's so nice. His, his voice uh, has a strength to it that for uh, almost three months now, it really just kind of didn't have. It had just sort of a, a weakness to it. His personality wasn't there in his voice, and it is back now. Dad sounds like dad more than ever again, and it was so nice to talk to him again. And uh, he's doing uh, significantly better. He's still having trouble eating. Uh, everything tastes like ashes. Uh, and uh, he, But he is at least able to keep food down. He's lost quite a bit of weight, but he is on track. He's still going to physical therapy and occupational therapy. And the occupational therapist just approved him to be allowed to start driving again. So when I was there a month ago, it, they were they were like, eh, not quite ready for driving yet. Uh, his mind wasn't quite where it needed to be. His, fac his faculties were not quite where they needed to be. But they are back now. And so he's been driving. <clears throat> there we go. He's been driving uh, his sister's car with his sister in it just to, so she can be there to make sure he's got everything under control. He seems to. So he's going to get his car back. Somebody's been keeping it garaged for him uh, while he's been recuperating but yeah dad'll be on the road again and uh that's uh that's a great thing for dad uh independence and uh being back on his feet and uh, it just makes me really happy to know that this is all uh working out so well cuz it was a definitely a near death experience uh, let's see skiing yeah oh, yeah i forgot to talk about the actual skiing itself uh i have been uh, known to go pretty fast on the slopes. That's kind of my thing. Uh, when I watch skiing on TV, I like to watch downhill skiing. I like to watch the guys going and the girls going as fast as they possibly can. And uh, that's kind of what I try to do when I'm skiing. Now, as I've gotten older, I have not been willing to just, you know, completely throttle up and just release the governor and just go balls to the wall. I have in the past skied straight line down the hill from the top to the bottom with my phone in my hand with a speedometer app on it. And when I did that, this was probably seven or eight or nine or 10 years ago. Uh, I, maybe not that long, six or seven years ago, I had an app on my phone that did speedometer thing. And it, I clocked myself at around 70 miles an hour, and I haven't hit that in a long time. I, I topped out this last week at 55.5 miles an hour, and I have this uh, app on my phone called Slopes, and it will just you just turn it on before you start skiing, and it records all your runs and puts them on a map. You can see the the friends that you were skiing with. It's the coolest, by the way. So if you're into skiing, uh, get the Slopes app and record your day of skiing. You get all these stats, your average speed, your how much time you spent standing still on lifts, uh, going uphill on lifts, going downhill, your speed, your top speed, your average speed. It's just, it's awesome just to be able to see that. But yeah, 55.5 miles an hour is where I topped out this time. Uh, I did fall four times while we were up there at Snowshoe. Two times on the slopes and two times in the parking lot. 
the parking lot uh, was dece- deceptively slippery. Uh, I got out of the truck at one point, and it, what looked like three inches of snow was actually three inches of snow on top of a solid sheet of ice, and I just shloop, slipped right out. I already had my helmet on, though, so when I banged my head on the step on the, on the pickup truck getting out, it was fine because I had my helmet on. Uh, when I fell on the slopes, I hit my head both times. Once on the sort of the right side of my body, bruised my hip, my shoulder, hit my head pretty hard. Uh, the second time, I went face first into some pretty hard packed icy snow. Uh, and the helmet saved my life both times, I'm pretty sure. So. Uh, yeah, when I started going fast on the slopes, that's when I started wearing a helmet because I, uh, I definitely understand the dangers of doing that. And, uh, it was kind of cool. It's kind of reminded me of, you know, when I would go sledding as a kid, kind of the, the, the best part of sledding was kind of, you know, crashing into other people, into snow, uh, falling off the sled. I just loved that. And it's kind of nice to know that I can take some pretty hard hits falling off the skis, uh, falling in the parking lot, and uh, still uh, and not be injured in such a horrible way that I, uh, I can't walk or something. So uh, it was awesome. In other words, falling ain't so bad as long as you can get back up. And I did. So while we were gone, my dog Scherzer, uh, he narrowly avoided going to doggy daycare. Uh, he's never been to doggy daycare before. And we were struggling to find someone who was willing to stay at the house with him. He is not one to enjoy being left alone or left alone with his uh, his little doggy brother, Rocket. And uh, so we found someone to stay with him. My, my daughter did at one point. Kiki found somebody else. for So two different people hung out with Scherzer for the week while we were gone. And uh, and Scherzer was quite happy to not have to go to doggy daycare. Uh, I did visit the doggy daycare. I got him set up. So we have that as an option. Uh, and it seems like a pretty cool place, but he will basically be in a cage. And basically, I think he'll like, think of it as a big jail. And uh, he's not great with other dogs. And so anyway, we have it as an option, but it's definitely a last resort sort of option. Uh, having someone who knows and loves Scherzer stay with him is the way to go. So thank you to Charlotte. Thank you to Allison for doing that. You bailed Scherzer out of jail. You will notice in today's episode and upcoming episodes, I've got some new recordings of me playing the drums. I just went down to the basement today, set up the microphone and wailed away on the drums for 10 minutes or so and got a whole bunch of little cuts. Uh, So that's going to be the new drums, new drums, solos or whatever you want to call them. Just me banging away on the drums. Nothing planned out, just sort of free forming it, having some fun. So look forward to that uh, coming up soon. In fact, We'll do one right now before we get into thing one. Here's a newly recorded set of drums for you. All right, we are back. Thing number one, driving in the snow. It's January 31st. It's Sunday here in Virginia, where I'm recording this podcast on our first real snowstorm of the winter season. And we got somewhere in the neighborhood of five to eight inches. It depends on where you're at. 
and uh, I have two vehicles, both of which I enjoy driving in the snow. I have a Ford pickup truck, F-150, four-wheel drive. It does great, always has. And I've got the new Subaru Crosstrek, all-wheel drive, and it does great. So uh, it's pretty awesome being able to drive in the snow. I've got a fairly long history of driving in the snow. I grew up with parents who were not afraid of driving in the snow. I know many people that are very afraid of getting out there on a slippery surface in a vehicle. And I would have to say that because of the way I was brought up, because of my parents' approach to driving in the snow, I kind of look forward to a slippery surface to drive on. Uh, I, When it snows, I want nothing more than to go out and drive in the snow. Now, at one point when I was uh, growing up, my, my parents had a Ford uh, station wagon, like a wood-paneled station wagon, and I vividly remember us going out as a family on a snowy night, finding an empty parking lot, and doing donuts whoops bumped my microphone there doing donuts in the parking lot like at the mall or something uh i remember being in iowa where they kind of always have snow and my dad was driving a van and uh, it was always uh, a fun thing to do was to find a road where we there wasn't any other cars so that we could get that van sideways and see how long we could keep it sideways and so, yeah, finding empty parking lots to have fun with your car in the snow was a thing that we did uh, in my family when I was growing up. And I have continued to do that. I'm always looking for an opportunity to see what I can do. Uh, I've done that. I did it with my kids, uh, with uh, various cars that I owned. I had a, I had a four-door sedan for a while. I had a front-wheel drive uh, Chevy Cavalier. I had several different pickup trucks. We had a minivan. I've done it in that. Uh, and, uh, man, it's just a ton of fun to go in. It's, it's, I actually think it's kind of important. More people should do this. Like It should maybe even be a required thing for drivers. Uh, if you're going to drive in the snow, you have to have passed some sort of course that shows you know how your car is going to respond in the snow. Like, you know, when you crank the wheel going too fast, you're just going to keep going straight because the wheels have no grip. Or, you know, when you're going to hit the gas on a rear wheel drive car, your back end is going to fly out. You should know when that's going to happen. You should have a feeling for your car and for when it's going to keep traction and when it's going to lose traction. And it's really hard to know that if you never lose traction, if you never drive on slippery surfaces, you should get some practice. So anybody out there who has uh, not yet done this, who is less than comfortable driving in the snow, get out there, get your car. If you need somebody that is comfortable to help you get to a place where you can safely do donuts in your car in a parking lot when there's snow all over it. Do that. Learn how your car responds. Learn what to do and what not to do to keep your car on the road to go up hills, down hills, around curves, and not run into other cars or anything else. <coughs> there is no other better way to do that. Um, uh, my first couple cars were uh, rear-wheel drive, big four-door sedans, American cars. I had a Buick LeSabre. I had a Pontiac Le Mans from the 80s. And uh, these cars were 
maybe more fun than any car I've ever owned in the snow because, well, you can pretty much count on the back end getting squirrely uh, with a little too much gas. Even with really good tires, you're going to fishtail. You're going to have. You're going to get your car sideways, and you're gonna you're gonna figure out how to get it back straight again, and that's a lot of fun. My Chevy Cavalier was the first front-wheel drive car I ever drove, and that's a totally different experience. It, it, it behaves completely differently. You can give it a lot more gas, and it's going to pull you straight as long as you got good tires. Uh, a four-wheel drive, I've had many four-wheel drive vehicles, and they are fantastic, especially when they don't have traction control. Like I had a, I had a 1993 Ford Bronco that was easily my favorite vehicle that I've ever owned, uh, especially in the snow. And that thing was awesome. And it didn't have fancy modern traction control. It just went and it had big, awesome tires on it. Four wheel drive way off the ground, plenty of clearance. You could pretty much go anywhere in that thing. And uh, and you could also get it sideways if you wanted to. You could do donuts in it. You could just have so much fun in that Ford Bronco. Uh, and in fact, one of the coolest things I've ever done and one of my favorite things to do is when, uh, you know, I work at a, at a call center and we have, you know, sometimes we uh, have to get people in to work when there's snow. Now, not so much anymore because so many people are just working from home. Uh, and in the pandemic here, we have completely eliminated what I'm about to describe. But back in the day, late 90s, uh, early 2000s, uh, I had this Ford Bronco and I, I'm on the list at work of people who can drive in inclement weather. And so the, the, it was a Super Bowl Sunday. I don't remember who was in the Super Bowl. It wasn't the Redskins or the Washington football team. So uh, it was just a, you know, a, a normal interest in watching the Super Bowl for me. But I got the call early in the day, somewhere around 9 or 10 in the morning, and they asked me if I could. I was off. I was not working this Sunday. Uh, but they asked me if I could go get people and bring them into the contact center because we were open and there was a ton of snow. Like this was a big snowstorm, like 12 inches of snow. And there are plenty of people just called in and said, I cannot make it in. And Crutchfield said, well, we've got people that will come get you. So hang tight. And I, along with several other people, uh, spent the uh, early afternoon hours driving people in for their 4 p.m. to midnight shift. And I made many trips out and brought people in to work. And uh, it was pretty awesome. We had a great time driving in the snow. Like, that's all I wanted to do. And this, of course, was... Uh, this was not doing donuts in the parking lot time, but I did look for opportunities to get the Bronco sideways whenever I could. Uh, and uh, man, it was just great. I loved doing it, brought people into work. Then I went home. I watched the Super Bowl and then I went back out after the Super Bowl and took people from work back to their homes. Uh, and so I was out for another two or three or four hours from midnight on into the early morning hours, driving people home in the snow. And God, I mean, if I, if I could just do that job, that would be my job. I would absolutely love that. Being in my car, driving in the snow, getting people where they need to go. And uh, man, this guy, I just, I, I absolutely love that. Um, my newer vehicles, my truck and my uh, Subaru have fantastic four-wheel drive systems or all-wheel drive on the Subaru. 
and they both have incredible traction control systems and it it's kind of great in one way because i can count on plowing through some snow no problem it also sucks because i have a much harder time getting the vehicle sideways and having fun while i'm in the snow and uh it, you need to be able to turn this traction control off in the truck you can you can turn it off but it doesn't stay off when you get up to about 35 miles an hour it just turns itself back on so you have to keep hitting the button uh, as you're down below 35 miles an hour uh, because if you have traction control on try to get it sideways and it will fight you very hard it is really good at keeping grip at not letting the vehicle lose control and well i mean it's good to know that right uh it's also more fun to have that turned off uh so if you really want to go play in a parking lot i guess i could it'd be fun to do in the truck i could turn traction control off keep it under 35 do donuts till my heart's content the subaru however all it wants to do is just go and it seems unstoppable uh unplowed snow uh so far i've driven in about eight to nine inches of snow with the subaru and I like it's like it's like it's dry out. It's like uh, it's fantastic. It's easily the best vehicle I've ever had at getting through some snow. So, okay, that was thing one. I love driving in the snow, and I had a chance to do that today. I took the truck out, took the Subaru out, and was reminded of uh, of the many many opportunities i've had to drive in the snow and in virginia we don't get a whole lot of those anymore so uh today was uh today was a pretty fun day thing number one over and out how about some new drums a commercial more new drums and i'll be right back right how you like the new drums i'm digging them uh that's recorded in my basement here in this humongous room with lots of room sound so it sounds very different than the stuff i recorded in the studio because it's my stubble field drums in a an underground bunker it's basically what my basement is it's kind of crazy but uh, it's a lot of fun all right thing number two I couldn't come up with a specific song or band or show or anything like that to talk about for thing number two, but it occurred to me that I I like to have the option to watch and or listen to anything I want. So uh, basically what that means is I kind of... I pay for all the stuff. Uh, when it comes to music, I have Spotify, so I can listen to pretty much any song I want. I also listen to podcasts all the time. I'm doing the books uh, on Audible. I've mentioned that on previous shows. I subscribe to satellite radio. Of course, I can listen to terrestrial radio. I, at home, I have a record player. I, uh, at the moment, we have a cassette deck uh, in the house. Uh, I have uh, a Sonos speaker. I can listen to music wirelessly. I can throw headphones. I want to be able to listen to any song I want, any way I want, anywhere I want, whenever I want. Uh, and to do that, you got to kind of have all the stuff and you got to pay for all the services. When it comes to watching TV shows and movies, I kind of want the same thing. So I subscribe to all of the streaming services, the Hulus, the Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, pretty much everything. 
If there's one out there I'm not subscribing to, I probably will be subscribing to it soon because it'll have some exclusive show that you can't watch anywhere else, and I'm going to want to watch it, and I'll subscribe, and then I'll not unsubscribe, and uh, I- I'm kind of scared to look at like the my my statement, my bank statement, or what. There isn't the problem is there isn't one place I can look to see how much I'm paying for all these things. Some things get paid through Verizon. Some things get paid through Apple. Other things I I pay for directly on my credit card. And so I would really have to do some work to tally up exactly how much I'm spending per month on entertainment services. But Whatever it is, I'm I'm kind of into it. Uh, I, I it's probably worth it because if I want to watch something, I can. And uh, the only exception to that is uh, Washington Nationals games. There's no way to get those at my house without subscribing to Directv or Dish Network and uh, and getting this the the channel the M M A S N Masson. There's just no way to get that. Like I can't pay for that to stream to my house in any way, shape, or form because I live too close to DC to watch Nationals games without having the network channel available through some sort of cable or satellite service, which kind of sucks. Uh, but maybe someday they'll figure out how to put those games on the internet and let me pay for them because clearly I would. I would pay to watch them and I just don't have that option unless I want to pay a lot more than I'm paying now to get direct TV. But so I guess that's where I've drawn the line is I'm not paying for that uh, so that I can watch Washington Nationals games. Kind of a bummer. Um, this last season was going to be my first season without DirecTV uh, and trying to just sort of see if I can get through it, uh, figure out how to you know, stream it, download it, uh, whatever. And uh, I ended up just not giving a shit because it was the pandemic season. It was 2020. I did not care at all. I was totally fine with not watching much, if any, baseball but I am very much looking forward to baseball coming back. So, so there you go. Thing number three. It's amazing how many Trump signs there still are. I've been on the road quite a bit since the election, since it was finally put to rest that uh, that Biden is the new president, that Trump is not, that he lost. And there's still tons of Trump signs out there. Uh, after the insurrection, there's still people willing to advertise to all of the world that they are still on the Trump train. And it, it kind of blows my mind at this point. And people have been saying this for years now. Uh, you know, people have said... I get why you might I get people voting for Trump back in 2016. I get why people might have done that and supported him then. And uh, but, you know, a year, two years, three, four years later, how can you still support this guy? Uh, And now, even after everything that's happened since uh, he lost the election, people are still supporting him. It's just mind boggling. So I was thinking, how fun would it be? to get a bunch of stickers of various sizes that just say lost on them. And then anytime you see a Trump sign or a Trump flag or a Trump bumper sticker, get the appropriate sized sticker that you had made up that says lost and just put it right next to the word Trump. So all of those signs say Trump lost. Uh, I think that'd be fun. I would, uh, 
uh, I would probably be very afraid to actually act on that sentiment just because they're highly likely to have uh, weapons and to be willing to use them. And I would probably have to trespass and uh, defame somebody else's property. So I'm not actually going to do that. I just love the image of of all those signs saying Trump lost uh, because he did. And it's pretty great. And it's for that reason that when I'm scrolling through Facebook now and I see posts from people that I am quote unquote friends with on Facebook that are still supporting Trump, I don't care. Like, I'm fine with it. It doesn't make me mad. It doesn't annoy me. Uh, it's good to know who those people are. Uh, it, uh, it's nice to know that they feel that way. But it's also nice to be able to just go, yeah, okay, I'm going to keep scrolling because it doesn't really matter now. Uh, we, uh, we booted him out. Uh, he was voted out. He was replaced. And, uh, and now that we have, uh, when I say we, the, the Democrats have the majority. I hope they get some shit done. They've got a lot of responsibility at this point to, uh, to be the anti-Trump, to be what you know, to be a little bit more progressive and more compassionate and more human uh, than what we've been living with for a while. And I know this isn't a political podcast and thing number three is supposed to be silly, but, and this was not other than the lost stickers. Uh, let's go back to that. Trump lost stickers. Let's Let's make that a thing. I would love to. Anyway, Facebook post by Trumpers, easier to let them go. Let's get some law stickers, put them out there. Not really, just fun to think about. Uh, and I think that might be it for this week's Three Things with JR. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a nice long drum thing that I just recorded earlier today. I will be back next week with three more things. Thanks for listening. I love you all.